Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. First of all this week, I wanted to thank everyone who attended BMO's 31st Global Metals and Mining Conference in Florida last week. There is no replacement to face-to-face interactions. And while the world may be energy short at present, there was a lot of pent-up energy released in conversations, presentations, meetings and panels. Thanks to everyone for their support. So, what was in vogue? From a commodities angle, well, helped by a compelling keynote presentation by Robert Friedland, copper was the doyen of conference discussions, as it has been many times in the past. In our view, copper's place in the electrification of the world through increased penetration rates, plus the consistent lack of investment in new projects over recent years to satiate this is leading to obvious constraints. It's a simple story that the entire industry can get behind, and just like last year, any polymetallic operation, even the gold miners, were keen to talk up the copper portion of their assets. We would note, however, that at the present time, very much struggle to justify the current copper price on today's fundamentals. It was also interesting how little the major companies talked about iron ore in their presentations and how much they talked about nickel. Across the conference, company after company talked about balance sheet strength and in our view, there was slightly more of a plea to shareholders to ease some of the capex shackles that have been in place in recent years. This is certainly not a full pivot to growth, but it's just sounding out the market about starting to get growth back on the agenda. What surprised me? Well, firstly, the number of times I was asked how new technology could help on the supply side of these markets. And in terms of commodities, well, somewhat embarrassingly, I hadn't noticed how strong rough diamond prices were at present. Quote of the conference, well, that goes to Glencore CEO Gary Nagel, though. He christened the mining industry the procurement arm of the energy transition. That's one of those phrases you sit back and think, well, I wish I'd come up with that. Since I recorded the last Metal Matters two weeks ago, the world has changed somewhat, and not in a good way. I've rarely felt so popular in terms of the number of people looking to talk to me this week amid the commodity chaos, but the sad truth is this tends to happen at times of human suffering, whether a natural disaster or, in this case, the horrendous impact of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Metals prices have been rallying, but for the wrong reasons. Significantly higher global risk and disruptions to not only trade flows, but also to fears around security and stability challenges that we've not seen in a generation. We've seen all-time price records in palladium, aluminium, copper, metallurgical coal, thermal coal and nickel, while gold got within a whisker of its 2020 peak. Every single commodity we cover is trading well above its respective cost curve. My view, well, steady, managed price rises are good for the industry value chain, and that's a situation we've seen over much of the past 18 months. However, history has shown that sharp gains, such as those that we've seen this week, can be swiftly followed by sharp falls. So, are the moves justified? Undeniably, supply chains were already stretched and even prior to sanctions and disruption of Russian flowed products, available inventories have been falling. Yes, things were tight. As we've discussed in previous Metal Matters, in this type of situation, put yourself in the shoes of a purchasing manager. You've spent two years dealing with supplier underperformance, persistent logistical problems. These haven't gone away. But now you have to source alternatives to the Russia-Ukraine supplies you used to rely on. What happens? You scramble to get hold of material with a fear that if you aren't fast and aggressive in sourcing commodities or raw materials, there won't be any available. But your peers are doing the exact same, so you have no option but to pay more 
and take maximum volume in contracts, particularly when your KPIs are related to ensuring security of supply rather than paying too much in an environment of wider inflation. This means that in the short term, not only do we have a disruption to supply and a constraint on tons available in the spot market, but importantly, apparent demand for commodities has actually been rising quickly in recent times. This is exactly the rare type of situation where scarcity pricing occurs. Most metal and bulk commodity markets are now pricing at levels to try and dissuade someone from purchasing every single day in quite an aggressive way in certain cases. In commodities, price always allocates resource. So how does this problem get solved? The phrase rightly being used in commodity markets at the moment is demand destruction. Initially, in trade flow dislocations, the greatest impact is on supply. However, a lack of supply, particularly across energy, is an economic constraint. Therefore, we see demand and ultimately price risks rising in the second half, most particularly for the global industrial economy. To be clear, this impact won't be geographically equal. Europe will take the largest economic hit in the short term, with a second half recession all but a given, and we expect underlying metals demand in Europe to be trending negative year on year for the whole of 2022 and into mid-2023. Energy efficiency will be all the rage in Europe this summer, owing to power constraints. We expect industrial users to be requested, shall we say, by European governments to limit their power use, just as happened in China with the energy crisis last year, and thus industrial production will take an outsized hit. This will keep import premiums strong. We'd also not be surprised to see governments look to tap into the excess savings we know exist in an inflationary environment by issuing their own green infrastructure bonds to fund investment in energy independence, such as renewables or hydrogen, which could actually bolster metal demand in future years rather than now. Calling the timing on the normalisation from the recent price spike is challenging. Indeed, it may already be happening with corrections in recent days, most notably in the oil market. From a fundamental standpoint, however, at some point, the same purchasing manager we talked about before will find their sales and production managers calling for less material once the end consumer of commodity products has stopped purchasing because real incomes are now being squeezed. At which point that purchasing manager pauses purchasing or might even try and sell excess inventory back into the market. Just take a look at the price and lead time action in US steel or US lumber over the past year. That's a good precedent example of this process in action. That said, I mean, given the muscle memory from the current disruption, purchasing managers will continue to pay a risk premium for material over and above what classic fundamentals would dictate for a period to come. Or, put this another way, through cycle prices will be elevated and there's little doubt consensus metal price expectations for the coming two years are perhaps too low, at least absent a severe global recession. Finally this week, who would have thought that nickel would get so much attention in global markets? But such a sharp rise in prices and subsequent suspension of trading on both the London Metal Exchange and the Shanghai Futures Exchange will do that. Now first and foremost, what happened creates natural concerns about the ability of the LME to act as the market of last resort, particularly given the retrospective cancellation of trades we saw on Tuesday. Quite honestly, we see some form of litigation as all but inevitable. But we have been asked a lot on the back of the moves if the nickel price being printed is a real price. When thinking about this, I would highlight that nickel pig iron is currently trading at less than half the level of LME nickel in the physical market. This week's move was purely financial. 
As the previous nickel short squeeze to $50,000 a ton was a defining moment in the 2006-2007 commodity cycle, well, this week's dynamics slightly surpass it. And naturally, nickel consumers are unhappy, particularly those stainless buyers who link their scrap purchase price to LME nickel. Now, it's widely known in the LME market that Singshan Group, the world's largest nickel producer, had the outside short position that was being targeted and caused the short squeeze. Just to put things in context, as a nickel pig iron producer, Singshan's own nickel output is not qualified for delivery on the LME against this position. And the extent of the move meant that collateral in excess of $1 billion would need to be posted, though we have now seen partner banks step in with credit support. And moreover, China's SRB has said it will swap some nickel plate for Singshan's mat, according to Chinese media. And the Indonesian government backed this up by saying, look, Output in our country will be increasing by 400,000 tonnes of nickel this year and 500,000 tonnes next, likely to try and assuage Chinese government concerns about security of supply. I don't think we've heard the last of this. There will be a lot of pressure on the LME to rewrite its rules or risk, quite frankly, being put on the naughty step by regulators and market participants just as the recognition of the metal's role in the energy transition gains wider market traction. Thank you for listening to Metal Matters. If you have any questions or suggestions, just get in touch directly. And if you're enjoying these insights, please tell your friends to subscribe. Please do join me next time to discuss more pertinent issues for metals about commodity markets. That was Metal Matters, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Metal Matters on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers, or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more episodes, including our other podcast series, BMO Equity Research in Tune. If you have feedback or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please do share it with me at colin.hamilton at bmo.com. To access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com forward slash public hyphen disclosure.